Today, we are going to chat about five really simple things that you can do to help your houseplants thrive. These are things that people tend to overcomplicate, but I'm going to urge you to not overthink it and keep it real simple. This is the Get Planty podcast, and I'm Dusty Heggie, author of Becoming Planty and owner of Revive Nursery, and I'm really, really thrilled that you're here. Um, and even more so, this is the third episode in what I'm sure will be millions of episodes. Not like I'm an over-exaggerator or anything. I am. But I'm really excited. So let's just dive right into the content. The very first thing um, and the most important thing to keep in mind as you grow your houseplant collection is the sunlight. Like know where the sun rises in your home, where the sun sets in your home, which room gets the most sunlight, which room gets the less sunlight. And even more so, if you can try and pay attention to which room, like which corner gets the most or less sunlight, which space gets the most or less sunlight, and what kind of sunlight it is. We'll talk a lot more about sunlight as we go through the podcast. And um, even more so, we'll talk about it on Patreon. You can sign up to be like a, a patron, I think is the term that they use. But basically, it's your way to be able to support Revive Nursery and learn a whole lot more. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about sunlight in the coming weeks. But basically, I just need you to choose the right plant that fits with the amount of sunlight. Like, if anything, if you're feeling really overwhelmed and you're not sure, I have some really good tips to share on that, which I'll share through Patreon. And, and in the coming months, we're going to do a whole month covering sunlight. But basically, here is your rule of thumb. Use Google. Like do a quick Google search and I'm serious, it will, it will be helpful. It won't give you everything you need to know. And yeah, sometimes you might get indecisive answers or multiple answers, but always opt for the highest. So for example, snake plants are a plant that are often advertised as a very low light houseplant. And it's true. They can survive and tolerate lower light. However, they would much appreciate like moderate or yeah, moderate to like really high amounts of indirect sunlight. So indirect would versus direct. Indirect would just mean that if your houseplant had eyeballs, it could not like see the ball of fiery sun. If it's direct sunlight, then it can see the ball of fiery sun, um, which is, you know, a real colorful, wonderful little way for you to remember that. But snake plants often advertised as a low light plant. And yeah, they'll, they'll do okay. They won't grow very well. They'll just kind of tolerate it. But snake plants are from Africa. You cannot tell me that it is low light in Africa right along the equator. So they're going to do better in higher sunlight. Granted, they grow under the shade of other trees, and there's a lot more things to consider um, than just its location, but not a whole lot more. Let's be real. Um, so all that to say, if you're getting conflicting information about how much sunlight a plant should get, always opt for the higher amount. So if you're not sure, opt for the higher amount of sunlight. Steer clear of direct sunlight. Almost every house plant is a house plant because it does best without direct sunlight because in the confines of your home, it's pretty hard to get a whole lot of direct sunlight. Um, and if there's a space that gets direct sunlight and you have a plant that you want to put there that you know should not have direct sunlight, which is most with the exception of maybe cactus, cacti. Anyways, then just put something that can filter that light. Either pull it further away from the window or put like a sheer curtain up. 
Um, I usually just pull it a few feet further away from the window. Um, and that, that'll do the trick just fine. So the first tip is know the sunlight in your home and choose the correct plant to correlate to that sunlight because you can't, you can change almost every other aspect of care for your plant, but you can't change the amount of sunlight unless you want to get an artificial light, which is a whole nother topic that we'll cover later. But for now, know the sunlight in your home. The second thing that I think is really important is to choose the correct pot. There's kind of a, an A and B to this topic, but Honestly, choosing the correct pot is not hard. It's very simple, and I need you to keep this in mind. The pot you choose, no matter what it is, needs to have a drainage hole, like an actual hole in the bottom of the plant, maybe even a few, where water can drain out of the pot. Now, a little like sidebar, if you feel like you're a houseplant expert and you can properly like monitor the sunlight to water ratio and get that balance, you could probably grow any plant in just about anything. But because we're people and we have jobs and lives and we can't like monitor it that closely, I never suggest putting something in a pot without a drainage hole. There are ways to make it work. There are ways that like you can make it happen if you need to, or if you really want to, or if you're really up for that challenge. But more often than not, especially for plants that are like just a little bit finickier or that you might not be quite sure about its care, opt for a pot with a drainage hole. Like I cannot stress this strongly enough. It goes to affect a whole lot um, for the plant if it doesn't have a drainage hole or if that water to sun ratio isn't balanced properly. So choose a pot with a drainage hole. Secondly, like regarding the pot that you choose, I always suggest choosing a clay or terracotta pot. Um, and the, the reason is a, because of how well that water can drain, just like the drainage hole, like is crucial for water to drain out of that pot. Uh, it also increases like the breathability of the plant and the speed at which that soil and the, and the evenness through which that soil can like dry out, um, which is really important for the plant to like not be constantly in wet soil. There are a few exceptions to that rule. Um, the, the one that I think is worth mentioning here is most ferns are probably, especially like a maidenhair fern that's kind of a little diva plant. I suggest planting those in something that's not clay um, or terracotta. And the reason is simply because those plants need soil that is always, always moist. And it can be really hard to keep up with that. Um, but other than that, I would always suggest choosing terracotta or clay. Plus, they're really, really cheap. And I think they're really cute. Guys, they're coming back. I will make them come back. If they're not trendy, you guys, they will be trendy after I leave because I love me some terracotta. Another aspect of selecting that correct pot that is really important is to not pick a pot that is too big or I guess too small, but it's easier to pick one that's too big for the pot. I suggest picking a pot size, like when your plant is ready to be repotted, that is about two sizes bigger than the plant that it's in. There are a lot of exceptions to that rule. And again, that's something we're gonna cover as we continue on. But for right now, these like five super simple tips, if you pick a pot that is too big for your plant, what's gonna happen is the bottom or the top part of the plant where the roots are, is gonna dry out really fast because that plant is gonna drink up all that water, but the bottom part is gonna dry out a whole lot slower. And that is just an invitation for root rot and pests and fungus and all kinds of issues that are gonna eventually like affect the longevity and the health of your plant. So to avoid that, 
pick a pot that's two sizes bigger than the pot it's currently planted in. So pots are usually measured by diameter um, in increments of like two inches. Um, So like, you know, four inches, six inches, eight inches, and so on. So for example, if you get a four inch pot or a four inch plantain, I would suggest either planting it in a six inch pot or an eight inch pot, depending on the speed at which that plant grows. So, and it's pretty easy to tell if a plant is going to be a fast grower or a slow grower. For example, like a pothos, that's a big foliage plant. They grow fast. Whereas something like a succulent or a cactus or um, things that have thicker, like waxier leaves tend to grow a lot slower. So going up one pot size makes a lot of sense in that situation. Also, if you're really not sure about it, go up one size and just repot a little bit more frequently. One plant that makes sense to always go to pot sizes up is something like a fiddle leaf fig because they have really large root bases. And so they just need more room to be able to breathe. So, so far we have know the sunlight in your home and choose the right plant based on the amount of sun in your home. So that's number one, know the sun in your home. And number two is select the correct pot to plant your plant in. Plant your plant in. Say that three times fast. Number two, select the correct pot. It should be not too big. It should have a drainage hole. And ideally, it should be terracotta. So on to number three, which is the finger check rule. It sounds weird and it sounds awkward, but I bet you you can't find a better name for it. That's not true. I'm sure you can. But I can't. Anyways, the finger check rule is real simple. Basically, shove your finger in that soil. If it is dry up to the first or second knuckle, usually the second knuckle as a rule of thumb, or I guess in this case, a rule of finger, that is when you should water your plant. Your plants need to dry out a whole lot more than I think that you think they need to dry out. Furthermore, they need to be watered a lot more deeply using a lot more water than I think most people tend to water their plant. This is why a drainage hole is essential because when you water your plant, you should not just splash some water in there. Like you should pour water in that plant until it drips out the bottom and then allow all of that excess water to drain. This is why I water mine in my bathtub or in my sink. There are like permanent dirt stains (laughs) on my bathtub of my rental home. So that's great. But that's why I bring them in the shower because you want all that excess water to drain out because you don't want it to just sit in the bottom of the pot and, you know, cause root rot, which is kind of like plant cancer. Like it's really hard once this has, once like root rot has set in to get rid of it, especially at like, um, if you feel like you're a beginner houseplant collector, like it, it is, can, it can be really hard and it's kind of the death of the plant. So we want to do everything we can to avoid that. So just make sure that when you water your plant, you water it deeply and all that water like drains out really, really well before you put it back where that plant came from. And it could just make a mess. Like if you have it on a shelf, then all your books are going to be ruined underneath if water is draining out everywhere. Um, yeah. So that's the third tip. Maybe we're on four. Maybe you are on three. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I've lost track. Let's do a recap. One, know the sunlight in your home. Two, choose the correct pot, which is terracotta, has a drainage hole, and not too big or too small. Um, Make sure when you water it, you use the finger check rule. That's number three. Number four is to keep in mind the season. So yeah, houseplants are indoors and they're not as affected as, as the outdoor elements as 
indoor plants are because, well, they're indoors. I feel like that's pretty obvious. But they still are affected because the amount of sunlight that they're going to get is going to change based upon the season. And the amount of water they're going to need is directly correlated to the amount of sunlight they get, which is directly correlated to whatever season it is. So I need you to keep in mind that in the less sunny months, so usually fall and winter, especially winter, your plant kind of goes into like a dormant phase. Like it just sort of stops growing. It doesn't really put out a whole lot of new growth. It might, but it probably won't be a whole lot. And it doesn't mean that your plant is doomed or dying. Even more so, it might drop a few leaves. Like it might kind of pull itself back in. Um, And the like life application there is like knowing what season you can grow well in and knowing what seasons you need to like cut some ties and and rein it back in. And I think plants do that sort of naturally based upon the season and their environment they're in. Um, So number four, don't freak out when it's winter and your plant drops a few leaves and slows down growth. And make sure you water it a whole lot less frequently in the winter. And it's going to be really easy to figure out because as long as you're using that finger check rule we talked about as like our third piece of advice, then it should be pretty easy to tell because basically all that will change is the like is the soil will dry out a little bit slower because it's not using as much water. So typically I suggest watering with similar amount of water but less frequently. Um, and you can kind of tinker with that and play with it because a lot of of houseplant care is trial and error. And it's really hard to give hard, fast rules in houseplant care because every house that each plant is growing in is different. So there are good rules of thumbs. There are good best practices. But ultimately, it's going to take you paying attention to your plant and checking that soil and like actually touching and feeling and interacting with it in order to best know what might be going wrong, what you're doing right, what's going to help your houseplant truly thrive. It just takes a lot of intentionality and, and observation. And the final... Thing that I want you to implement to help your houseplants grow is just to slow down and give yourself grace. I get a lot of people messaging me asking me what the crap is wrong with their plant and they're freaking out and they're really, really worried, which like for good reason, you've spent a lot of time picking out the prettiest one and you feel some sort of connection to it. And it's kind of like a piece of art and it's like a really beautiful thing. And then something might go wrong and it's like frustrating, especially when you want so badly for this plant to really thrive. But more often than not, what's happening is you're overthinking things. Like you just need to take a deep breath. It's okay if your plant loses a few leaves. It's okay if your plant has brown tips. It's okay, like it's gonna be okay. Because ultimately at the end of the day, it really is like just the plant. And yeah, they can teach us a lot of cool things or rather God can teach us a lot of cool things through this tool. It, it, like it's just the plant. They literally grow on trees or around trees, or under trees, or they are trees. But you get the idea, right? So I would just really encourage you and urge you to like slow down and breathe deeply and just appreciate the growth process. Like know that you're going to make mistakes. You're going to overwater. That's why we have a drainage hole, guys. That's why we choose terracotta. Like a lot of these things that we do and a lot of these steps that we implement are all to sort of protect against the like moments when we misjudge things or we give it too much. I have like grown house plants since, I don't know, since I was a kid, I remember having house plants in my bedroom and I have killed so many house plants. Like killing a house plant doesn't mean that you're a plant killer. It just means that you're a regular old person who, you know, has to practice at a skill to get better at it. So 
quick review. I know I've done it probably far too many times, but I really want you to remember these like five things because these five things are really going to go to like do a lot to help you curate and grow a beautiful, just so Instagram worthy health plant collection. That first one is to know the sunlight in your home and select the correct plant for the sunlight. A quick Google search would never hurt and always opt for more sun than less sun. Number two is to select the correct pot. That pot should have a drainage hole, ideally is terracotta, and only one to two sizes bigger than the plant you're, you want to pot it up from when you do go to repot it. Number three is to make sure you use that finger check rule. Always touch and feel the soil. Really pay attention and interact with your plant um, because that's going to be able to best tell you when to water it and how to water it well. Number four is... Remember the season, winter and fall, particularly winter, your plant is going to grow slower. Summer and spring, particularly summer, your plant is going to grow faster. During the winter, water less. And number five is just slow down, give yourself grace and like take a deep breath and just enjoy this period of rest that your plants get to have. And maybe find some ways to apply that period of rest to your own life, um, Yeah, so these are the five tips that I have for you to be able to like grow a really healthy, thriving houseplant collection. And I can't wait to hear how you guys implement these things. Like, yeah, they're really simple, but don't like, don't overthink them. Pretty please don't overthink them. Just take them as they are, implement these tools. And I like, I pinky promise you, your houseplants will really thank you. I am Dusty. Hello, we've been chatting for the last uh, 18 minutes. It just felt like I needed to say my name there. And you can find me on Instagram at Revive Nursery or on Facebook also as Revive Nursery. And I am running a free four-day challenge. And there's only a few days left to get involved. And you can sign up at revivenursery.com slash challenge. It's really easy to find if you go to the website at revivenursery.com, but revivenursery.com slash challenge. And it's a free four-day challenge to help you be your best planty self. So we're going to take some of these things that I just said, really break them down. We're going to talk a whole lot more about water, a whole lot more about sunlight. And you're going to leave feeling ultra confident that you can grow some pretty amazing plants. And I can't wait to like work with everybody in this group. So far, we have had 120 people signed up and my goal is to get 150 and there's only a few days left. So make sure you sign up at revivenursery.com slash challenge. And this is episode three. By now you've listened to three whole episodes of me and you just chatting while me chatting at you and feeling a little weird about it. But if you could do me a favor and leave me an iTunes review, share it with your friends, maybe take a screenshot of you listening to this snazzy podcast, share it in your Instagram story, share it on Facebook and tag me in it. And maybe tell me something that you've learned from this podcast episode, because I really need feedback a and B, it just goes a lot to help to share this podcast with other people who are going to really love it and really enjoy it and be able to grow beautiful things as a result. So you guys are awesome. Thanks for hanging out with me. And I can't wait to chat next episode about some common warning signs that I see. Um, especially lately as the season changes, we get a lot more things happening in our plants that might cause, be cause for concern. So we're going to chat a little bit about those common warning signs in the next episode. Thanks for hanging out with me, you guys.